Before we jump in, a warning that we are an explicit book podcast. Yes, that means swearing, shitty jokes, and a whole lot of dark humour that some may take offence to. Please check your trigger warnings on all of the books we cover. You've been warned. The episode starts in three, two, one. (laughs) A book and a bear. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of A Book and a Bev, your podcast where we review kind of books that you somewhat may like to read. And to start with, we've got a hypothetical question for you, which is, am I James Cameron? Because I am a Caucasian going to a world full of giant blue people, and I'm just asking to be fucked. (laughs) Uh, This is the essence of Briny all over it. In case you were wondering... Your co-hosts, Bryony, Georgia and Ellie, are covering Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon this week. There's giant alien peen. There's ribbed dicks, tongues. There's like an, a, little, a little appendage on top of the penis. Didn't realise that was there. <laughs> Handy. Handy. Indeed. And he has Indeed. three fingers. I figured that out this reread. I just skimmed over that the first time. Oh, I didn't realise he had three. Look, I'm not sure how I feel about that. (laughs) Try and hold his hand and it's like... (laughs) Okay, anyway, what are we drinking this week, ladies? Well, I am drinking a black gin that when you dilute it, it looks like a blue-black, but it wasn't noticeable enough, so then I've put blue food colouring in it and that with lemonade. So gin and lemonade. Yum. Well, I'm drinking, it's actually, I was supposed to be drinking Alizé and lemonade because it's one of my favourite drinks, but I got lazy and decided not to go out and just use what I had in the fridge, which was a lemon seltzer with blue food dye. Now we're on the food dye. <laughs> Look at you two and your artificial colouring. Mm. Fuck it up. Well, I'm just here to rain on your parade because I'm drinking water. So... Sorry, everyone. I know it's a book and a bev. Water is a beverage. It's just a very <laughs> plain one. <laughs> and I have no fancy story for it. It's just it's just what's happened. Okay, so what do anyway. you think about our friendly, super friendly aliens? Super friendly. He's so friendly. friendly. Um, darling. Well, well, well. I was... Not prepared for a couple things in this book, especially with no trigger warning. Like, I was not prepared for the pregnancy trope, the mild breeding kink, but here we are. And there's there's no trigger warnings in this book, and there should be. I mean, a giant part of the first chapter in this book is basically a bunch of women being human trafficked and raped by aliens. So that seems like something you could have been warned about. Mm. Just putting it out there. There are, not- there are, there are. Where? Trigger warnings, not Where? in, not in, not in the special edition, yeah, but in Kindle I... and in the original. They were not in the. They, apparently, I'm not special enough for the trigger warnings with my you special to, edition. Look. You have to actually look up the book to be able to see the trigger warnings for the special edition, which is really stupid. But yeah. there is like a full on like blurb thing mm-hmm. about the trigger warnings in the Kindle and in the original. So I don't like, know why they were just like, let's just skip that like, on that. They they clearly know what they're getting themselves in for if they're buying the special edition, so fuck it up. That's Off what, you go. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Mm, and it's like us odd. people in Australia, this is the only one we could buy in Ooh. a store. There's no original. It's only mm-hmm. the special edition. Mm-hmm. So that is my criticism, is that there is no 
trigger warnings in the book that I bought. So there, but apparently they do exist. You just have to have other copies, which seems pretty shit. But anyways, you have to have already read the trigger <laughs> to yeah, go back to fine. <laughs> to be like, why isn't there a trigger warning? And then Georgie pops up from the middle of nowhere. And she's like, there is actually. <laughs> there is. You have to Google. <laughs> Google will own another copy. Yeah. But, I mean, also when I read this book, I had just seen The Way of Water. And so I just imagined like a big ripped Jake Sully for most of this book. And, you know, I see you, giant blue man with an alien-shaped sex toy for a dick. It's fine. I see you. Thank you. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Welcome to my human cave, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) MTV. Welcome to my human cave. Well, I really, really really fucking love this series i know monster romance isn't everyone's cup of tea but you really have to go into these books with an open mind it's make-believe and it's supposed to be low-key kind of fucking crazy that's the whole point and i just i have like the biggest soft spot for monster romance i just feel like it's my my childhood like supernatural era georgia is just like screaming like yes i need this in my life like you know so I think Ruby did so well in creating like the perfect mix of spice and fluff with these books because oh. I just I just fucking love our big blue aliens. Like they are I so obsessed with their little tiny fragile little humans and want to dote on them until the end of time and I can't even do with how adorable that is. I just love it to death. But as I said, like I know that the special editions don't have the trigger warnings, like you have to look them up, but the other basically at the beginning of the Kindle and the original version it goes into how Ruby is like a dark romance author and this is the only book in the series that actually has the intense triggers and then like she obviously lists the triggers as well but the rest is pretty fluffy so that's good it's a series of fluff I love it what we need there's also tufts of fluff on body parts there is there's There's tufts of fluff and he thinks it's quite cute that she has a tuft of fluff between her legs which I was (laughs) like yes It's cute. It's adorable. Pubes are adorable, everyone. The big alien said so. He did. (laughs) So, well, this is my first dabble into monster romance, and, well, I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, there are parasites and horns, so you'd think that not the most sexy time pairing, and yet I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. But I will say the tail threw me off. It just... That's a bit too dog-like for me, and I'm a bit like, oh, now I'm, it is this bestiality. No, it's not. He's <laughs> fine. It's a man. But then I get to the ribbed tongue and the peni, and look, I'm, it's truly made up for the tale. I'm, I'm all on board again. I also felt like the plot was a lot better than Kingdom of the Feared, which wasn't hard, <laughs> but, like, things just make sense here. Even though we just, you know, landed in some fuck-off planet with we, big blue we alien dudes. The fact that, like, they realise that because there's snow that that means there's an environment where there would be oxygen so they can breathe, and I'm like, we're even establishing the laws of physics in this world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even, like, when they have to get the, the language, like, imprint into their brain from the, the spaceship, I'm like, that makes sense. Of course there'd be some crashed spaceship there that has that Absolutely. AI technology. Like, <laughs> it all tracks. 
So anyway, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of the whole like Insta love trope. I'm more of like a slow burn kind of gal. But if a man would bend over backwards to cook for me, care for me, use his ribbed appendages and barely speak, dream. Barely speak. Just yeah, we, shut the fuck up. We are up. like we are like angst girls. We like the angst of a slow burn, you know, like the mm, the like little like the looks across the room. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying about insta love. I definitely agree. It's not it's not my cup of tea either, really. No. But when it's but for when these, it's aliens, fuck it up. <laughs> when when they've got a little knob on top of their peni, I'm just like I'll fall for him just as quickly as Georgie gets pregnant. <laughs> yeah, literally. Phenomenal. Literally. On that note, shall we dive on in? Dive on in, indeed. Just like Vector does into Georgie's pussy. Yeah. Hello, how you doing? (laughs) 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 Also, how many times are we going to get Georgie and Georgia tongue-tied in this episode? Mm. Hey, Mm -hmm. if a big blue alien wants to come and abduct me and fuck me into oblivion and rescue and, like, dote on me all the time and just love me and adore me, I'll take it. (laughs) Like, I'm ready. Hello? But will you carry his seed? Look, if needed, yeah, I I would do it. I would do it. She, you know, she she reads too many monster romances to say no to the opportunity just to, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I would just like to quote previous Georgia from our Air of Fire episode where it's like, I will go out doing what I love, being absolutely plowed. So... <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That's amazing. <laughs> Such a good line. Oh, fuck it up. All right. So back to the book at hand. <laughs> Georgie falls asleep on a normal Tuesday night and wakes up, surprise, on a spaceship. No one would have guessed it. She has been abducted by aliens. There are two types. One is skinny and green, and the other is what they call basketball heads, where <laughs> their heads are round and have like a weird orange texture on them. So that's weird. But cool. Nice. And apparently the little green men are in charge and the basketball heads are security. This is just like information, blah, 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 for <laughs> the first part of the book. No one really cares. <laughs> Georgie wakes up in a cage. She's not alone. She meets Liz, another prisoner, and the rest of the girls. <laughs> Our main three, though, are Georgie, Liz, and Kira. Kira has been there the longest, and she has, like, an earpiece translated to translate a- the aliens, like, chirping. That's what they call it. So that's mm. like, even more terrified of birds. Thank you for that. Oh. <laughs> um, awesome. I didn't even She's been, like, that. tagged like a cow. So that's yeah. good. Just, like, just tagged on in there. But they realize that all the girls there all have, like, similar lifestyles. Like, they're, like, 22 or 23, and they're not pregnant. They're all single. They're healthy. Whatever. So lucky that was me like two years ago. Ha, lucky. <laughs> uh, we're old and washed up now. Yeah, yeah. missed out time. Fuck it it's, up. It's uh. too late for us. But unfortunately for the girls, they are the extra cargo. And, like, the aliens were basically being greedy. Like, they were in the space to take six, but they ended up picking up, like, 12 or something. So the extras are all sharing a shit bucket. Nice. Oh. Sweet. I like you guys, but I would never shit in front of you. <laughs> no. <laughs> fucking way I would hold that in until I died yeah look I would like to think that I could hold it but we all know that my bowels are the weak leak of the group they do leak I'm already I'm already nervous and anxious and stressed you'd be like crying look away I'm so sorry we'd we'd be like we'll make whale noises for you to make it less awkward Owen Wilson (laughs) wow 
Oh my god. So we leave Owen Wilson Wales behind and a, a new girl is put in the cage and all of the other girls are like, shut the fuck up. Don't make noise because they don't like it when you make noise and you'll be like abused by aliens. But this girl doesn't take the warning to be silent and instead is like hysterical, which I mean, can't blame her. But she's basically dragged out of the cage by the aliens and there's like this thing where they're all kind of like horrified and like not wanting to look and it's all hindered and we don't find out right now what happens to the girl who like she tries to fight back but she's quickly like overpowered and what they do to punish her but whatever they've witnessed it's fucking awful it's not looking good for her because she's either going to be raped which is what we're now assuming happened to that other chick she's either gonna be raped or eaten or both or something worse so she starts looking around for a weapon because the quote is because I'm going to kill those gross bastards if they ever try to touch me. Yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. Absolutely correct. They continue on with their space travel and we basically find out that, yes, that red-headed girl who fought back, her name is Dominique, and she's not okay because she was, in fact, raped by aliens. And, you know, she's not coping, and that's also fair because I would not cope with that development either. It's just a lot to process there. So we promptly move past that because we must... And Georgie's just having a chat to Kira and Liz to come up with some type of plan to fight the fuck-off aliens. But they don't really have anything after phase one, which is overpower the alien. And I feel like this is what we would be like. We'd be like, we'll just take him down. There's no backup plan. There's nothing after that. It's just the first phase, we'll fuck fuck one of them up. And (laughs) And great job, team. Yeah. (laughs) That's our good deed done. Someone else will take over from that point. But yeah. fortuitously, the ship starts to lurch and in a convenient twist of events, it appears that our alien hosts are experiencing some engine problems. So Georgie, the clever chicken that she is, capitalises on this and essentially uses herself as a distraction. And like she was meant to have the other girls kind of back her up in this and they were going to help her attack them. But they're all just like, yeah, nah. Um, so actually, nice. fuck you, Georgie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Best of luck. Thoughts I'm and prayers. Gonna, yeah, thoughts and prayers. Best wishes. See you on the other side. So she ends up having to use their shit bucket to like throw at him as a distraction, and she ends up covered in it. And look, at that point, I'm done. Just I'd be kill like, me. Mm, no, I'm just going to bang my head repeatedly on some type of sharp surface for a while and just put me out of my misery. Especially with the bird chirping going on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyway, that doesn't happen because we lose gravity somehow. We're flying through the air. The cargo carrier that was holding all the girls has just been dropped because the aliens are bastards and we're flying. So everyone's just knocking into things left, right and centre like I was doing to my head moments ago. And as they come to, Georgie notices that she's near the guard's gun. So she's like, oh, Hello friend let me take you there's no trigger no we don't know how it operates it's just it's alien technology it looks like a flaccid dick so she's not too sure what she's going to do with it so instead she just bludgeons him to death she just gets that (laughs) alien dick and just smacks him on the head with it sometimes you just gotta bludgeon them with an alien dick yeah look you gotta do what you gotta do Mm. happens to the best of us (laughs) so the other girls from the crash you know they're not doing too well one of them has a broken neck so she's no longer with us but otherwise (laughs) everyone else is okay peace out janet (laughs) Um, oh my god 
she's broken neck, so she's no longer with us. She's <laughs> so, it's just so calm, like you know. Yeah, well, we don't even know her name really, yeah, so no, can't be attached. Her. So Kira says that she heard from like the little translator thing in area that basically they've dumped them to pick them up later, which is great. Awesome. So they know at least they're in a safe location. Well, that's what they're presuming anyway. But then there's a little bit of a debate because they can see that it's snowing. So one of the girls is like, are we in Canada? Like, <laughs> um, salvation. It's like, oh. <laughs> Canadians are nice. They'll take us here. <laughs> no, no, the little Mounties are coming past. Oh, fuck, I love Canada. Anyway, no, unfortunately, we're not there right now. Justin Trudeau is not there. Oh, that man. Can we have a moment of silence for the Prime Minister of Canada? He's not dead. He's just fuckable. Yeah, he's, he's just, just fuckable. Yeah, yeah, he's had some questionable, like, issues with race in the past. I think he did blackface one time. Yeah. Or not. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I feel safer talking about... Yeah. Like... The actual fuck. <laughs> I just honestly assume at this stage that every, especially every white male world leader, mm. has a racist backstory. I just assume it at this stage, so I'm not yeah. surprised. It's probably a prerequisite, really. Yeah, they're like, you didn't do blackface in college? No, no, sorry. Jesus, but also, how did we end up speaking about world political figures in an alien? romance novel not, not sure how we got all up. the all the the royal family and all of the world leaders are actually aliens or lizards oh, lizard, the people. lizard people oh but it's all making sense again <laughs> he's actually a monster roman <laughs> oh my we god real life megan megan, megan and harry megan <laughs> <laughs> She's on that monster dick and full he circle back because harry wore a nazi outfit in his youth Oh my god, he did too. He did too, naughty. Loops and dupes. Um, He also spoke in his book about how he fucked some older woman. Turns out (laughs) he was 17 and she was 19, and he's talking about her like she was some fool who picked him up off the street. Well, that's remember his dick was oscillating. It was oscillating. His was penis was oscillating. oscillating. I'm mm. going to use that again in this episode. Watch me. Yeah, uh, we're I don't even back know to what that. that word means. <laughs> it's like if your penis was ribbed, but it's not. It's that movement. It's like it's like a worm. His penis was worming. <laughs> His penis was George when she's had too it's much like, drink at the football club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. A little bit of carpet burn. <laughs> again, okay. it happens to the best of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, where are we? We're in Canada, but not quite. Turns out we're not even in our solar system anymore, so that's not great. I can't imagine how fucked up that would feel to be like, you know what, this isn't even Pluto. I don't know where I am. <laughs> By process of elimination, Georgie ends up the leader of the group because she has the least amount of injuries. Remember, broken neck. She also us. fought the aliens with her shit bucket. That's <laughs> right, did. and the flaccid penis head, and we're yep. subsequently covered in said shit bucket. So she's really, yep. she's done more than anyone else. So she's yeah, covered she in has. shit. <laughs> she's covered, she's in, covered shit. in shit. She's got a broken wrist. Yeah, she's cold. It's all hell, and they're like, "Yeah, you, you stinky little girl." Actually, they've done it's it because bitch. they don't want her to be around. You need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> It turns out gonna throw that woman out in the corner, but Bryony's still shitting and she hasn't stopped talking. <laughs> <so. laughs> Just throw uh, her out bucket and all. 
we know that we'd be eliminating Georgia because we know that she'd track down that alien to go. She'd, do, she'd, she'd just be like, faint in front I of it. Yeah. Tend to be passed out, and then when they come exactly. up, exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm ready. Spreads legs. <laughs> do you like my musk? <laughs> okay, right. So Georgie's come out of the crash ship now. She's wearing the dead aliens uniform as best as she can, so she can go. Forage and fossic for help. So fossic, fossic. I don't know if that's a word, but that's what she's fossic. doing. Okay, what is fossic? She's traversing across the ice. Okay, guys, <laughs> she is trying to find salvation. And do you know what she does find? She finds that fish from Finding Nemo. You know the one with the little antenna on its head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She finds that, and it nearly kills her. So she's not off to a great start. No. And um, she freaks the fuck out and starts sprinting back as fast as she can, and she promptly falls into a trap. Fair. So, yeah, not great. So she's, like, trying to wriggle her way out of it, but she's being held upside down and the blood's all rushing to her head, and she just she starts to see something in the distance, and she's like, Jake, Sully, is that you? (laughs) Am I on Pantera? (laughs) Oh, my God. And then we are in the big blue aliens POV. That's right, rectal. So rectal tissue is like, what the fuck is this weird little thing in my trap with its five fingers and weird little head? We get this quote. Then I am shocked anew as my qui resonates with me, my inward being, which has lain dormant for so long, which recognizes no mate amongst my people. It vibrates and sings at the sight of this new creature. I stare at it. He's like, what is this beautiful little creature? And we already love him. He's like, okay, mind, I must protect at all costs. And he takes her to a cave and makes her a little fire to warm her up and then strips her to examine her being. And he laughs, laughs at her pubes and calls them adorable. Thank oh. you, Vectral. Thank you. <laughs> this You're telling me man. I didn't need to go through all of that painful fucking laser treatment? You know what? Yeah. Some of us are ahead of the curb because we can't. I'm ready. I'm more prepared than I thought I would be for alien dick. <laughs> I just want you to repeat that sentence. I'm more prepared than I thought I would be for alien dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, finger guns. Hey, awesome. my pubes are cute. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so we then get this moment, which is. It's a mystery, almost as much of one as the fact that she's making my we resonate hard in my chest. It's thrumming with the call and the need to mate slams through my body as her soft, rounded thighs part and her scent fills my nostrils. There's that musk Ellie was Ooh, talking about. It is. A groan escapes me as my cock grows hard, the ridges on it swelling. I bury oh. my face between her legs so I can taste all of her. <laughs> oh, consent is key, man. Consent is key, but no. That is another trigger warning. Mm. It's the consent in, it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> back, so we're back into Georgie's POV and she's convinced that she's dreaming, but she soon realizes after she grabs a pair of horns, uh, this is not a dream and she's being eaten out by a big blue alien. We get this quote. <laughs> Pretty the sure quotes I'm dreaming. are so good. I know. Pretty sure I'm dreaming. Maybe that's all this is. One big bad dream. I've just been stuck in the bad part of my head for a while, and now I'm getting to the wet part mm-hmm. of the dream because I'm pretty sure I'm naked. 
and there's a mouth between my legs licking me like there's no tomorrow. You're not so, dreaming, hun. You're not. And like Georgia said, so she she's in the throes and she grabs onto his horns and realises that he is not human. He is, in fact, he is blue da dee da da And so, again, the quotes in this bit are just hilarious because another one we get is, I see the shaggy white furs covering his shoulder and I realise I saw them from hanging upside down. It wasn't a monster come to eat me. It was this monster who's come to eat me out. Phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, she's like, whoa, whoa, friend. Like, we don't even know each other. But he just goes right back to licking her pussy and she is like, I should probably have an issue with this and yet I'm having an absolutely splendid time. He licks her clit and she obviously reacts differently because the clitoris is very sensitive. And so he does like a quick pelvic exam and it's a whole time. So he just goes, he realises that the clit's very sensitive and so he just goes right back to eating that pussy. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy for both of them, weirdly enough. And she ends up having a fantastic orgasm. So good for her. Getting the most out of her current circumstances. We appreciate that. All the men out there in the universe to take note of what this big blue alien does. Because there are men that I have been with before Aiden that really didn't understand that the clit is a sensitive part of the female body. And yeah. it, you can't just fucking strum it like it's a guitar. You've got to... <laughs> Like it literally, like it, it's not. You get to the point where you're like, I am so overstimulated. I don't even know what to do with myself anymore. So take yeah, note, take, take note, and please uh, yeah, do look, research. If the alien who doesn't speak English can work it out during one session of eating her out, <laughs> you can too, men. I'm sure there's you a lot do. of you that listen to this podcast, but Absolutely. ladies, maybe direct your <laughs> maybe direct your partners if if they need a little nudge. Calm down with the clip. Calm down with the clip. That's a good one. Anyway, so we get it out the quote. My hand was over my eyes and I rubbed my face. Okay, so I just did that. I just had an orgasm from an alien. I have no idea how I'm going to explain this to Liz and the others. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> he then, like, proceeds to, he's very proud for making her orgasm. And she's like, fuck you, man. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to cope. So he rolls her over and she's like, no, I'm only here to experience cunnilingus. We're not fucking. And then proceeds to try and kick him and breaks her foot on him. So that's funny. And honestly, this whole encounter is quite hilarious because then we're in Vector's point of view and the alien is just like, why does my mate not want to mate with me? And, like, obviously you've got to kind of go, it's not a human with the human context. He's just like, I'm resonating, but you're not vibing and I don't get it. It's just kind of really innocent but it's yeah it's honestly so funny <laughs> i'm obsessed so he's then just like looking at her and she's she slaps him across the face after that and he growls at her and obviously she's just terrified because she's like oh shit like um i know he's really really he's good like with that seven thing foot that he... tall a giant yeah. blue alien yeah no fair enough i'd be i'd be scared too despite the tongue yeah so we then end up with a fucking who did this to you trope? <laughs> Feet, alien. So, quote. 
This woman, this small creature who was half the stature of a sarqui, is my mate. How can she possibly think I would harm her? But she is cringing back even now, as if expecting a blow to fall. Rage fills me because this is not a normal response. Someone has hurt my mate in the past. I reach forward and turn her pale face toward me. She fights, but her eyes close again, and she begins to tremble. I gaze at her small, flat features. Her skin tone is regular, except for mottled bruising across one side. There is the evidence I suspected. Who did this to you, I ask? <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? We get okay. it. Who did, this, who did this to you in alien form after incredible cunnilingus? What is happening? No, but you to her, it's probably like, one you want her. Yeah, and look she's at like, <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what you're asking of me. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not chirping. Yeah, look. Okay, so he's he's angry, and she's like, "Oh my god, are you angry with me?" So she's freaking out, and he's like, "Oh no, darling, it's it's fine, it's fine. Like you're not the problem. It's me. Just calm down." <laughs> and it's like, mate, she's human who's just been kidnapped and looked at by an alien, and she's also enjoyed it. She's got a lot going on for her right now. <laughs> it's a lot happening. She needs some time to process, to realize some things. Like, She's realizing things. We have another quote. I'm fascinated by her, though. The men of my tribe say that there is no pleasure like the taste of a resonance mate on your lips, and they're right. Burying my face between her legs was one of the truest pleasures I've ever felt, and I want to feel it again. Just but then he's it. like, before we get back to that, I just need to see if you've got some fangs. So just let me just do a quick dental hygiene exam. Just... Lips up, part your lips, not those hey, lips, uh, other lips. So <laughs> she's like, okay. <laughs> so he watches her to see what she will do and thinks that she might be cold and is like, I must do whatever my mate needs. <gasps> Hello, sir. Vector realizes she is not one of his species and that they can't communicate very well. And as I said before, dream. Dream. Just shut up. Don't speak at all. <laughs> Fantastic. Gotcha. In fact, say less. Um, yeah, please do. I love this blue man. <laughs> we love him. We love him with our whole being. So we're back in Georgie's POV and Vector tries to give her food, but she can't eat it. Basically, like organs of like a full animal. Like he's just gone out, killed like some raccoon thing and is just like, here you go. Eat it. Just eat the organs. I saved you the best part. She obviously cannot, as none of us would be able to. And then he gives her like his like, coach cape thing and she ends up being able to see his tail for the first time so she's like whoa sick cool she's like but, i haven't read a uh, cruel prince so i'm not yeah. on the tail train i'm sorry i don't understand what it is look i um, feel her i feel her there so georgie falls asleep and when she wakes vector is spooning her to keep her warm and we get this quote it's not the worst place in the world to be. I mean, if I had my choice between the old cargo bay alone in the snow or snuggled next to the pussy-loving alien, I'm going with option number three. I debate pretending to remain asleep, but there's something big and hard prodding into my stomach that tells me that Vectel's conscious, acutely aware of my presence, and far more generously <laughs> equipped than any met, any guy I've ever met. How big do we recommend Well, it? she fits it into her mouth. <laughs> okay. But, but not, not all a forearm. Of no, she. Like, I, I would like... say, I would say it probably is a forearm, but like it's like skinny at the top and gets thicker yeah. and goes down. Because she said she can barely fit her fingers around it. Yeah. So he's girthy. Oh, 
They leave the cave, but Georgie is, she's weak as fuck. Vectal is like, no probs, babe. Hold on tight, spider monkey. Get on my back. (laughs) We get this quote. It makes me burrow down even closer to his body once I realize he doesn't need the cape at all. He's just fine in in this wintry landscape without it. So I push my head against his neck and press my cold face into his warm hair. He smells good too. Great. Now I've got Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. I know. So good. So Vector is committed to getting her food and she's like, yeah, I'll eat. And then we go back for my fellow humans. All right. Yeah. We're then in Vector's point of view and he is like, yay. I'm so happy. My mate is here. And she's like this, giving her a piggyback I've got to provide for her and like in his point of view we get this quote which is though the weather doesn't bother me my mate's shivering increases the longer we are out she won't be able to travel far unless I get her something warmer to wear so food first then skins so I may dress my soft fragile shorty I'll protect her with my life if I must because yes at this stage they've tried to do whose names are but they obviously there's language barrier so he thinks that she is shorty so that's adorable and I love that. It is adorable. Um, and he like puts her on a rock and he's like, she will be safe here while I get her food. And she's like, where are you going? And he's like, look at all these creatures staring at you, ready to fuck you up. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Vector basically kills this like forest rodent thing, spined creature, drains the blood from it and then brings the carcass back to her. Kind of like what a cat does when it kills like... <laughs> It's like, I brought you a present, mum. And he's like, how about this sweet resonance? Don't you like this rodent? And she's like, what the fuck? I can't eat this. This is not cooked food. And he's like, oh my God, but I've got you the best parts. And just like, is opening up this carcass and being like, here is a heart. Here is like some other organs. It's very delicious. Like, what are you talking about? Basically, then Vectil force feeds her the organs from this rodent and she's like trying to keep it down and then he shows her how to get water and to be mindful of the big scary river fish thing and then once the, she realizes the river's safe she's like can i can i just have a quick shower like just a quick bath jump in get some bath bombs and he's like oh my god this is a fantastic idea because you do smell like shit yeah she still let's does let's both go in the water <laughs> she still does let's both go in the water and so he strips and she is like oh my god that is a giant alien dick like <laughs> and he's like oh my god she is staring at my giant alien dick because she wants my giant alien dick and we jump so- to georgie's pov and we get this quote which is Hung like a horse, really never had much of a meaning until now. I try not to stare and fail. I can handle fangs, the tail, the suede-like bluish-grey skin. Heck, I'm cool with the horns that curl around his head like a badass crown of some kind. And I tell myself that I should realise that a dude who's seven feet tall will have an enormous cock. It's size appropriate. It's I'm almost prepared for that. Though the sight of it growing erect still makes my thighs clamp together in trepidation. I'm not prepared for ridges. He's got freaking ridges on his cock. Just like the upraised texture along his chest, his brows and his arms. He's got the bumpy, knotty ridges along the top of his cock. His very big, very thick cock. (laughs) In addition to those ridges... He has an additional one that almost looks like another horn, except it's blunted at the tip instead of sharp. Interesting. It's a whole lot of bits and pieces that we don't, we're not familiar with. Uh, Absolutely but she's, not. 
They're ticking all of her boxes, apparently. <laughs> Imagine the lube you'd need, though. Like, God, well, that's, that's why he gets her like twelve orgasms before they even have sex. Yeah, true. He's considerate. And maybe, maybe their penises aren't like human penises, where they're like sponge and they just soak up yeah. all the wetnesses. Yes. So, typical men. Bastards. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck okay. them and their spongy dicks. <laughs> Literally, the fucking sponges. So. She gets into the water and is like, all right, mate, no fucking funny business. He begins to wash her with the berries. He's given her these little berries that are supposedly like, you know, they lather up so she can lather them up inside of her, around her. Don't put it in. Don't. Don't. No No. soap in your panani. (laughs) It cleans itself. (laughs) Off topic. Just a PSA. But she moans when he begins to wash her hair. And we get this moment, which is, I hear him inhale sharply, hear the vibrating purr start in his chest again. He murmurs something, voice thick, but all he does is wash my hair. No demanding touches, no insisting of anything, just pleasure in touching me, in pleasing me. Phenomenal. What a man. What a man. Absolutely. That's that's ideal. That is ideal. Mm. And then Georgie decides that, you know, well, obviously this alien is aroused by me and I need to get back up that hill to save my other human friends. So I'm going to start offering the alien sexual favours in exchange for transportation to get the rest of the girls and then possibly, like, protect everyone from the alien traffickers. Georgie ends up giving Vector, like, a quick tug on his badonkadonk. Um, which then really promotes them into swiftly going up the mountain. <laughs> it actually just propels. Like, she pulls it a few times and he just, like... <laughs> but um, Vector was trying to take her to a cave, not keep going up the mountain, so Ve- uh, Georgie is, like, freezing but tries to storm off and promptly falls into a cave. Nice. Yeah. Look, we... Us too, if that were us. Stubborn, stubborn little bitches. We Realistically, I'm already dead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm back in the spaceship from chapter one. I'm I shitting myself from that chat. Still, I'm dehydrated <laughs> as fuck. George is still in the cave, beating now. She's having the time of her life. <laughs> oh, I'm leaving. You won't see me again. I'd be like, good luck. <laughs> they'll be fine. We're humans. <laughs> Let's just stay here uh, together forever. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, Georgie is now in a cave that she's fallen into, filled with these little animal-like things. And Georgie has a typical white girl moment <laughs> where she thinks that the aliens are cute puppies. And we all, too, would do that, and we would all die. Yep, promptly. True. So we do get a description, but I did picture them as just, like, overgrown meerkats with long tails. I, I just, kind I of imagined them as a mix of, like, an owl and a street cat. Have you <laughs> ever seen the uh, movie, like, the Suicide Squad 2, I'm pretty sure it is, and there's that, that character called the Weasel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For some reason, okay, cool. that's it. That's it. Yeah, so not a little whack overgrown puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have a quote, which is, I look at the bug-eyed yeti things. One tilts its head at me and wags its tail faster, almost like an ugly puppy, almost. I smile and get to my feet slowly, noticing that the puppies are all a foot taller than me. Hey there, I say, keeping my voice sweet and soft. Maybe if I treat it like a puppy, we'll get along just fine. When its nostrils flare and the tail thumping increases, I extend my good hand out so he can sniff it. Immediately, the creature snarls. <laughs> She's like, I have fucked 
up. <laughs> but it's okay because rectal tissue has come to save her. Thank God. <laughs> rectal tissue! So obviously she starts crying because, you know, that's a lot for someone to go through. It's been a very hectic 24 hours for our girl Georgie. Yeah. So we get to the next chapter and it's in Vectel's POV and he's really upset at himself for getting her in danger. He's really beating himself up about it, especially when he sees her cry and we get this quote which is, She's fragile, my small five fingers. I chide <laughs> myself for not taking better care of her. It won't happen again, my resonance, I tell her, stroking her rounded cheek. I shall take better care of you starting now. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> He ends up cooking her food, he cuddles her, and they basically try to communicate back and forth. She keeps touching him, and he's like, mate, I'm a burst from your puny little human hands touching me like that if you don't stop. And the <laughs> quote to go with that is, I'm going to burst across her hand if she reaches any lower. So I grab her hand before she can keep exploring. Georgie is in control, but I cannot take much more of this gentle exploration. If she touches me again, I'm going to throw her down on the furs and fuck her until she screams with pleasure. Oh. Right on, right on. So Vectal stops Georgie and Georgie's like, oh my god, why? And Vectal's doing that thing that even though they don't understand each other, he's essentially pinching the bridge of his nose and being like, for fuck's sake. And we get, I was just getting to the interesting parts. And okay, I might be flirting a bit because touching him and feeling that suede-like skin against mine and watching him react, it's like catnip to a cat. He's just so warm and has such soft skin over those rock-hard muscles and he looks at me like I hung the moon and it's intoxicating yeah that would that would do it actually yeah that would um, do it. georgie thinks that he's actually hot now that she's gone over the whole you know him being an alien thing she's like you know what good decisions his eyes flare with light and you and he takes my wrist and guides my hand to the erection straining his soft breeches then he gives me a look as if to say you see ah i get it now a small smile curves my mouth and i feel rather powerful at that moment he won't touch me, won't look at me because I'm arousing him and he doesn't want to push me into anything. Really, for a big barbarian, he's being the perfect gentleman. He's such a sweetie. Again, love him and his giant dick. Geordie is like, wow, I'm actually the one who wants to go ahead and engage in penetrative coitus now. Sick. And then she has this moment where she's like, suppose I don't need to ask you about birth control. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. It was at this exact moment that I also went, Oh, no. Impregnated by tiny little baby alien demons. No. So, <laughs> a make-out session begins, kind of, because Georgie is teaching Vectal how to kiss. Because kissing, they don't do in not Hoff, I think is what they've called the planet. So we do have a quote, which is, so they, she finally gets him to be like, okay, so you put your lips on my lips and then we open our lips together and then we make our tongues touch, okay? Oh, sweet Jesus, the tongue ridges are delicious torture. They drag over my sensitive nipples. Okay, so it turns out we've moved away from the mouth. We're now at the breast. Okay, keep up. <laughs> Until I'm practically climbing the big guy. I'm panting and feeding him my breast. <laughs> which let's just pause on that i'm feeding him my Get on up there. <laughs> over and over he nuzzles it with his mouth and i want to scream with need okay now we're naked and it's happening we have another quote he looks down at me blue eyes glowing brightly and his chest rumbles with the continuous purr his hands go between my breasts again and i wonder if he's checking for a purr of my own humans don't do that i tell him we get wet instead and i take his hand and guide it to my pussy so he can see for himself my big alien falls to his knees and groans he presses kisses to my stomach and then my pussy and then holds my hips and put his mouth directly on me 
He is I just thoroughly like, enjoyed Ellie reading that. Yeah, I felt very uncomfortable. I hope you all <laughs> enjoyed it. So now we're fucking and it's a whole lot. It's like it's endless orgasms, just endless fucking. And I simply Ooh. do not have the stamina <laughs> for this. Mm-mm. And I have now found another way that I would die on this planet. So <laughs> <laughs> she then says to herself, thank fuck you can't get me pregnant. <laughs> no so our main squeeze is fully in love with his little breakable human we get this moment from now until my spirit departs this plane there shall be none for me but her why is he so nice it's just it's the fluff it's the fluff I might just say that these are better than Raph and Atlas's wedding vows from the previous two books yeah so Vector is like, babe, want to go save your friends? He like wakes up, fuck struck girl up. He's like, wake up. Fuck wake up. struck. <laughs> She's fuck That struck. is a good one. He goes, he wakes her up. He's like, babes, I'm going to go check the trap so we can get some grub and then we'll head on. So he goes to check the trap and finds while he's out in the wilderness, a little tiny human frozen foot. And he's like, oh dear God, that's a little Georgie foot. <laughs> so not good. Not all gravy, baby. Not all gravy, baby. Plot twist. The Georgie foot is not actually Georgie's foot. It is Dominique's foot. And then we mm. find Dominique and she is frozen. So that is a problem. And so they race on up the hill because even though they, again, they still can't talk to each other, they sense the urgency and she's freaking out because Dominique's dead in the snow. So they race up the hill and they find the others. And Dominique is the only one who has died. Georgie basically is reunited with the girls and introduces Vector to the girls. (laughs) And we get this quote, he understands you. Liz asks in a small voice. Well, only little bits and pieces, I say, watching him. I don't think he's going to greet the others with oral sex, but you never know. He gazes at the others and then puts a hand on the back of my neck and pulls me against him, possessive. Yeah, I guess I'm the only one special enough for that greeting. I fucking Mm. love it. My my jealousy would not cope if he just went in there and just started greeting them all the same. He's like, hello. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone line up. Form a single line for me, please. Single file. Single file. He's like playing the flute with fannies. Ice corner of the fanny flutes. Anyway, Georgie gives them her cloaks and asks Vector the food and he's like reluctant. And when he speaks, Kira can actually translate. He calls Georgie his mate and Georgie's like, well then, Ellie, but he's already left the building to go get some firewood. (laughs) We're in Vector's POV in the next chapter and Vector's tribe has limited females. He's like, wow, maybe the other tribe men can find their queen. Oh my God. We get this quote. I don't know how she and her tribe have come here or why they are so poorly equipped to survive. (laughs) We cannot communicate well enough. In time, I will have answers. For now, I must hunt and feed my small, fragile humans. Amazing. I wish he would do that for me. He goes and hunts, and when he returns, he has all the supplies, firewood, food, all for his, like, small, fragile little humans. And they just love him, and we love him, and yippee-ki-yay. He cooks them, he starts a fire, and one of the girls isn't very well, and he calls it the quee sickness. And he, like, points to his chest as he says this. No one knows what that means, but they're like, cool, thanks for that info. Peace out, A-Town. So Megan is the girl who is sick because, FYI, she has a name. We just don't care. And Vector is like, uh, I hate to break it to you, but she's fucked. She's actually fucked. And at the moment, like, the girls are just kind of recovering for a moment while they're figuring out the plan. And Georgie realises that she can't really hide the whole 
fucking rectal development. And so she just decides to own it instead. And we get this quote, which is, the girls have been giving me shit for hours. I don't mind because I do deserve it. After being taken captive by aliens, I show up with a new one who's calling me his mate, who kisses me and drags me against his chest every chance he gets, who fucked the hell out of me for hours last night until I nearly passed out from orgasms. Yeah, I totally deserve all the shit I get. (laughs) Although we wouldn't give you shit if... I keep keep saying you, Georgia, because you're the one of the three of us most likely to go up and fuck the alien. Yeah, we'd be like, she's she's doing what she loves. Yeah, we'd support your choices. Bechdel then tries to fuck Georgie in the cargo hold while they're like basically right next to the other girls. And she's like, you know what? Time and place, sir. This is neither. I loved the girl's reaction. And I love because we're in Bechdel's POV, we get to hear we'll see how he hears their language yeah like yes. the quote that we get is literally so fucking funny because it's like i think they're doing it but it's like it's like this weird little writing whispers a voice on the other side of the room <laughs> done look says another got back to sweet sleep i bet scott's monster dick <laughs> like i'm just fucking obsessed with it like and if you've read the physical books and you can see how he's like figuring yeah. out what they're yeah. actually saying it's fucking hilarious like and also it made me cackle you've got to sound it out to be like oh that's what we're saying yeah and that just yeah. makes it even better <laughs> exactly okay so now they're going on an adventure to Vectel's tribe where he is the chief to basically the rest of his group which I don't know, that turns me on. And they're going to go and get the other girls some help and they'll come back for them. So that's a, he's a man with a plan. And this is the only scenario in which I'm okay with that. Yeah, a man so, is not a plan unless he's a blue alien. So they go off on their little snow adventure and they come across another cave, which doesn't really look like a cave, but we all know that we're just here for sex for right now. We've just found a little home for sexy time, so we don't really care. Georgie impresses Bechdel by helping him make the fire. She's like, Hey, look, bare minimum. Let me let me help you <laughs> show interest. <laughs> so we do have a quote. To my surprise, she immediately begins to make a firewood pyramid with supplies while I hang the door covering. She gives me a shy smile. Want to learn? <laughs> my heart swells with pride. I move to her side and ignore the fire, cupping her small face instead. She's lovely, flat nose and all, and I am obsessed <laughs> with touching her. <laughs> Oh I love gosh. him so much. They go to fuck now. Okay, so we've, we've made our fire. We're in our weird ship and we're fucking. And Bechdel is like, yay, she will be pregnant with my child soon. I cannot wait to see her belly swell. No. I am not no. okay with this for a number of reasons. But can you just imagine what that baby's going to look like? Don't. Will it be blue? Does Don't. it have hair? Does it have a tail? Oh, my God. The baby is Jake Sully. Oh. <gasps> Oh, that would be cute. Oh, my God. But imagine if we had a whole nother, like, Feyre birthing plot. It's like we can't carry interspecies babies in our wombs. We're not prepared for that. Our birthing canal simply cannot. He's not prepared for that. In this book, Ruby was just like, not nah, fuck it up. No, yeah. you get a child, you get a child, you get a child. Everyone check out. you Oprah. You're all pregnant. Yeah, You'll anyway. have a small alien child under your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, bent over. We've got these giant big blue alien guys coming in to rescue you all. That's right. Yes. Under their chairs, everyone gets a free flight directly to the ice planet. Not half, that's what we call it. <laughs> Strap yourselves in on their giant monster dicks and off we go. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh God. All right. We... I can show you the world. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, who's singing that? Is it Vector or is it Oprah? I'm, I'm lost. A bit of both. Okay. Right. So we have a quote. My quee responds, thrumming inside me. Soon I will feel her quee answer mine. It must be soon or else Georgie will not survive. The thought sends a stab of fear through me and I press my form to hers, holding her close. She is mine. I must keep her. Okay, Schmeagle, calm down. Mine. <laughs> my precious. So post-fuck, Georgie's looking around at this cave situation. She's like, wait a goddamn minute. This is not a cave. We are in a spaceship because of course we are. It makes complete sense. She ends up basically just finding a giant red button, essentially, and she's like, I'm going to push it. I know you're always told don't push the giant red button on the crashed alien spaceship, but I'm going to do it, and she does. And the spaceship starts talking to her, and the spaceship is actually like the ship that Vectel's ancestors used to travel, but then they got stranded on this planet. And the Siri Alexa Google home of the ship communicates with Georgie, so she gets like some crucial info, and she's up to speed, and basically finds out about the whole Quee thing, and that if she does not get a Quee or accept the Quee, she will die. Awesome. Georgie also just gets upgraded to like iOS 16.1 and gets a translation <laughs> upgrade so that they can communicate. <laughs> Look, that's coming. You know it's coming. Apple's just going to put some microchips in all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck it up. And so then they can actually talk and get up to speed and that's quite nice. I'm happy they could finally communicate. So they get to Vectal's Pete's his tribe and we meet, I don't know, Rahul. Rahul? Ellie? Rash. Rahosh. We meet old mate Rahosh. We'll call him that. We don't know if that's right, but don't come for us. They're alien names. Okay? It's fine. He's like, what the fuck is that thing that you've got with you to Georgie? And Georgie, like, caresses Vector's tail, which is basically mm. the equivalent of giving him a hand job in front of his friend. And Vector <laughs> is like, Georgie, you saucy little minx. Save it for the bedroom. Um, <laughs> Rash is very jealous that our best buddy is with his resonance. So they go into like this underground cave thing, which is basically like a donut, but the hole in the center is a giant hot spring that stinks of rotten eggs. Sweet. A tiny alien child like looks at Georgie and is like, what the fuck is this ugly thing? Which is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. But our boy is like, no, that's not okay. We get this quote from our friend, which is, this is my mate. I resonate for her. As if on cue, his chest starts to vibrate, the thick, steady purr jiggling my cheek. She (laughs) is beautiful to me. Different, but beautiful nevertheless. He brushes his fingers through my hair. I have seen her bravery, her spirit, and her will. She has trusted me when she has no reason to. She has given me her body when she has no quee to compel her. And it does not matter what any eyes think of her but mine. And to me, she's the most wonderful, most attractive, and most compelling of creatures. Oh, beautiful, stunning, brilliant. He's so beautiful. We end up meeting Malek. She's the healer, and Vector leaves our girl with the healer, but not before we get this moment, which is, if you are asleep, I shall wake you by mating with your mouth. A scorching blush colours my cheeks. It's called a kiss, Vector. Saying it like that makes it utterly filthy. Wowzers. If anyone shoved a penis inside um, my mouth when I was asleep, oh, <laughs> again, another way I would die. <laughs> so Malek can't do much because our girl doesn't have a queen. So she just straps the wrist again and lets... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the notes say, let's rip that she used to fuck our big blue alien, but she doesn't fart it out. She just farts and it comes out in words. That's actually how she speaks. <laughs> anyway, no, she basically says that she used to fuck our big blue alien, which, you know, nice to know. We don't fucking care. Ellie's girl- like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, um, I've known him for precisely one week and yet he's had other lovers. Yeah, no, that's not a thing. So our girl is initially jealous. But then she's sad because Vector would have had to have watched the woman he loved with someone else because Malek is actually mated to one of the other men in the tribe. So she's like, I know what will help this, you know? When he comes back tonight, I'll give him the best handy he's ever received in his life. <laughs> and then the next chapter basically is just Vector telling the hunters that are going to go out looking for the other humans, that there are other human women that they might possibly be able to mate with, which is A, terrifying for those unbeknownst women, um, yeah. but B, it's also hinting at the rest of the books in the series. So We're in the next chapter now, and Georgie and Vector are fucking. And then she finds out about the Qui, meaning she can get pregnant. So <laughs> apparently the Qui, like, the, like I don't the know how that you're works. resonating yeah. is like, that's your mate because you can impregnate that person. That's just mm, not okay. We have a big quote here. You vibrated, resonated because your Qui decided you could make me pregnant, she asks, her voice raising in volume. <laughs> yes, I say. Not sure where this is heading. <laughs> a Qui always responds to a fertile female. She moans again, no, you can't make me pregnant. I'm not due for my period. Oh, fuck. She says in her own language, fuck, fuck, I'm never late. Fuck. Fuck, I echo. I do not know this word. <laughs> Georgie descends back to the bed only to smack a fist against my arm. It means I'm late. It means you could have gotten me pregnant, you asshole. I don't know this word either. <laughs> fuck is all she says. She doesn't appear appropriately upset by this development. Like, she's just like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Guess I'm pregnant with your seed. <sighs> Brigante by aliens. Gosh, what do yeah. you know? She's like, ah, oh, new day, new problem. I'm sorry. This seems like an almighty problem. Yeah, I'm not okay with this for you, but that's all right. Carry on. Yeah, look, at this stage, I'm also like, it's probably best that you don't freak out because the ship has sailed at this stage. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Carry on. I don't think there's a Planned Parenthood or not, Hoff. No, No, there would not be, but you know what there are? Cliffs. Go jump (laughs) off one. They probably are the equivalent of coat hangers too, if need be. Yeah, they probably would be. So we're in Georgie's point of view and we get this quote. It's hard to stay mad at a guy who doesn't know why you're upset. No, scratch that. It's easy to stay mad at a guy like that. It's really, really hard to stay mad at a guy who acts like you're the best thing since sliced bread, pampers you at every turn, and acts like the baby you're carrying in your belly is the only thing he's ever wanted in his life. Especially hard (sighs) to stay mad, as he and nine of his strongest hunters trek through thick snowdrifts in the bitter cold, carrying supplies for what they think are five more human women, and are actually (laughs) eleven. I haven't told them that part yet. (laughs) One bombshell at a time. Oh, gosh. They get to the girls, but the girls are struggling. And immediately, one male in the group is already resonating. That Georgie's like, who the fuck is it? I fucking love that bit so much. Because she's like, who is it? And then it slowly dies off. Like, <laughs> And she basically lays it out for them, like for the human girls. I mean, they've already put rules in place with the aliens. We kind of skipped over that. They put rules in place being like, you cannot force. Resonating is like a one-way, you know, street until we've got Queef. That's not for us. So calm, calm. But 
She mm. lays it out for the human women. And we get this quote. Damn, girl, we can't leave you alone for five minutes, Liz says. Dead serious this time. I feel like if you leave our sights again, you're going to show up with a litter. <laughs> a hot flush comes over my face. To be fair, I thought he couldn't make me pregnant if it was interspecies sex. A great <laughs> dame can still make a chihuahua pregnant, Liz points out. Guess which one you are? <laughs> so they basically wake up all the women and they discuss their options. They end up agreeing to stay on the planet. Happy days. Vector gets back and Georgie's like, okay, good news and bad news. And Vector like freaks out. And I love this moment so much. He's like, there is bad news? I'm staggered. The urge to grab my mate and run off with her hits me like a palpable thing. If it is bad, you must tell me now. I cannot bear it. <laughs> Fucking love it. It's so fucking funny. Georgie basically tells Vector that they are staying, but the girls in hibernation may not agree. Vector's like, sick, that's all gravy, no stress. You can handle that. Oh, that's, that's in your court. You've got this, leader of the humans. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Basically, the boys plan on getting the quiz soon, but then Georgie and the others' arms um, start to light up like those little. We didn't really go into that, but they've got like these little trackers in their arms. Yes, the human traffickers put tracking in them, which tracks. Yes, yikes. <laughs> so that means that the aliens are coming because they're lighting up. So all of them together are traveling towards finding the quiz, and they have removed the trackers from their arms. And Rash carries Liz like a sack of potatoes over his shoulder. They they find the creature that apparently like has the quee inside of it and it's like a giant fuck off animal that looks like a dinosaur so that's cool in my right. brain i just thought it was a mammoth like a big woolly mammoth yeah me too except it was like over the trees <laughs> yeah i was just like big mammoth <laughs> big, big giant she's big <laughs> a big blue alien kills the beast and georgie is terrified but vector was like babes it's no sweats i've got it we find out that the queer are like these tiny little blue glow worms that live inside the beast's heart awesome sick georgie leads the way and has vector like cut her neck near her collarbone type yeah part. and he like puts the little tiny glow worm like near it and like it like slithers into her skin which um, if you've watched the film version of the host by stephanie meyer kind of giving me that vibe not gonna lie yes she passes out after it skedaddles into her but when she wakes everyone is taking the quee and rash and liz are resonated and you know what he's done he's like well i must take her so he just has stolen her and ran <laughs> yeah <laughs> So he's good. like, mine! <laughs> Literally, <laughs> he's handling it like a fucking pro. Our girl is a horny fucking mess, and she can't stop purring and wanting to rip Vector's clothes off, which, awesome, good for her. Love that for her. They end up leaving for somewhere, like, a little bit private, so they can fuck like rabbits. And during this time, the green alien spaceship, like, rocks up and then, like, leaves just as quick. And now the humans are stuck here with their big, blue, wonderful alien mates forever. And that's nice. it. End of the book. Look, it's I did beautiful. think that at the end, they were talking about how they can't, you know, do anything near the butt because of their tails. And Georgie's like, well, you can come near my butt. That's fine. And mm. I seriously thought they were talking about anal. But no, it was just doing from behind. And I'm like, I've been around Georgia too much. Yeah, I was like, really I just... like, I was like, well, he's got the two prongs. So one can go in yeah. one end and one can. Yeah, that's why I thought. And it looked can... like it was going to go there, but then you it can didn't. Double pronger. Didn't. Double pronger. That's like a Hungry Jack's meal. <laughs> but here it is, a dough. Like, have you got a large double pronger meal? Um, <laughs> Silent of Alien Queen. Do we have a musical reference? Because I just for long put the Avatar soundtrack. Yeah, look, that's. 
pretty much all that's relevant, I think, because I have got nothing. I, I put the Avatar soundtrack to be like, I see you by Leona Lewis, because we could just be like, I see you, Vectral Big Dick. That's what I'm just assuming his surname is, Mr. Vectral Big Dick. <laughs> well, in a shocking twist of events, I was able to find some fan art for this book which is very exciting. The first one we've got up is actually by one of my new favourite artists called Celine Lavin Art. And they do a lot of like almost like pen work, fine pencil lines, black and white. And they've done one of Georgie and Vectal. And they look really, really cute. It's phenomenal. God, it's so beautiful. It might be my favourite. The next one we've got is by also one of my favourite artists, Elisiana The One. She did a Georgie and Vectal. They're cuddling very cute. cute. She's got great tits. I'm happy for her. And then we've got by Doodling Doe, kind of a bit more like a cartoony style Georgie and Vectal. So cute. Next up is book number two in the Bridge Kingdom series, The Trader Queen, which we're all very excited to be getting back into that series. We really loved The Bridge Kingdom. And yes, so that's what we're covering next week. Well, thank you for bearing with us during this episode. (laughs) It took many, many turns, but we got there in the end. And you were welcome for us introducing you to the world of monster alien dicks. Yes, you are welcome. If you want more, find us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. We'll be there. Rate, review, subscribe, all of the things, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.